Welcome to the Couch Worship Podcast. To friends and family all around the world, we invite you to come along with us as we grow in Christian community. We encourage you to listen in with your own small community and take part in your own post-discussion. The nature of these recordings are organic, transparent, and at times a little messy, as we find true community always is. Please tell us what God is doing in your community as well. We would love to hear. From our couch to yours, thanks for listening in, and blessings to you and your community. This opportunity to join together in fellowship and in community. Um, may this not be something that we take for granted. Um, we ask that you just send your spirit um, to be with us in this time. Um, and may you speak through Carol tonight, Lord. Um, may she be a vessel uh, for your word and what you have to share with us, Lord. Um, just open our hearts and our minds to receive what it is that you have for us individually, Father. Um, and just, just comfort us, give us peace. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So we just starting? Yeah. Where are we going? We're going to be looking together in Mark chapter 5. Yeah. And uh, it's entitled, Jesus Restores a Demon-Possessed Man. Oh, <laughs> And uh, it comes right after the portion of Scripture where Jesus calms the storm. And uh, the evening came, and he said all to his disciples just before that in chapter 4, verse 35, Let's go to the other side, and they leave the crowd behind him, and they're all in the boats, and the big waves and storm comes up, and then uh, Jesus was sleeping, and he stands up and tells the uh, winds and the waves to be still and to be quiet, and when it became completely calm, uh, that actually frightened the disciples. Uh, they were already frightened from the storm, but when he shouted, quiet, be still, and the wind died down and became completely calm, like, they were almost more frightened <laughs> by the immediacy of, like, how he spoke, yeah. and it just changed yeah. uh, the atmosphere. It changed everything, and they were terrified. And, um, and then we go from that, like, they're still in the boat. And then it says in Chapter 5, where we begin this story about uh, the demon-possessed man, is they go from that incident uh, to dry ground. And when they get to the other side, they arrive, and in verse 2 it says, when Jesus got out of the boat. So this is immediately after this has happened. So if you imagine yourself as the disciples, they're probably still a little shaken from the whole experience because, you know, here's this major storm, and all of a sudden it's just, like, gone and calm. And, um, and now they get out of the boat. They get to the other side, and immediately as they get out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit comes from the tombs, uh, to meet him. And this man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him uh, anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. Uh, the first time I read this, I just like, I don't know if you can picture this, but like the tombs, the, the places where people were buried. So he's coming out of this dead place and he's completely 
just wild. Uh, to the point where it says that even the iron chains couldn't subdue him. He was, he was that strong, like he was that out of control. And, um, and night and day, he'd cry out and he would cut himself with stones. Uh, I don't know what that makes you think of, but like I know in this day and age, I've, I've heard of, you know, people who have like gotten into cutting themselves to relieve the pain and they say that they you know they're it's it's like they're they're tormented in a way where they they're either feeling so numb like a friend of mine who explained it to me as to why she was doing it she said she felt so numb that the cutting actually helped her to feel pain and helped her to remember that she was actually alive. And it, it really, it was a horrible thing for her to go through. Yeah. Uh, and finally, you know, through prayer and everything, she was uh, released from that and uh, doesn't do it anymore. But it's, it's interesting to me that even here, this person that we're talking about, he was doing that. Yeah. He, was, he was cutting himself, himself with, the, with the stone. And... Uh, And he was a mess. Like, we just left this storm. If you're a disciple and you just got out of the boat and you just left a storm, and then you're met by a storm. Like, the storm this time was inside this person. And I don't know if you've ever met somebody like that, somebody who's got so much going on uh, inside them that, that it's, uh, it's like a storm. And when he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him, and he shouted out at the top of his voice, do what you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God. In God's name, don't torture me. And then Jesus said to him, come out of this man, you evil spirit. And Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. Uh, and you know, like, in the Western world, we don't really talk a lot about this kind of stuff where, uh, you know, we should, yeah, that's true, we should. And I, I just think it's, it's something that we just steer away from. And I am no expert on this by any means. Um, but I think that there's some things that we can learn from this. First off, um, Jesus wasn't speaking to the man he was speaking to the spirits that were tormenting the man, uh, the evil spirits. He saw past uh, and through the situation, and when he was speaking, he was speaking directly to the spirits, and he spoke with authority. And I think it's also interesting what we can learn from this, just looking at the scriptures, it is basically, is that um, they approached him, and they knew immediately who he was, and he knew immediately who they were. And I think for me, no matter who we are, even just to walk away from this passage with that, is that when we encounter Jesus, no matter how, like, what kind of storm's going on within, or if we're, we're tormented in some way by our thoughts or anxiety or whatever it is, that when we encounter Jesus, he sees us, he knows what it is, and, and uh, our spirits know instantly who he is. Yeah. And we have a choice in that moment. 
uh, when we encounter Jesus, when we when our spirit encounters His, of of how we're going to receive Him or or reject Him. And he says to the spirit, he's speaking to the spirit, not to the man, what is your name? And the spirit says, my name is Legion. And Legion, I looked this up, Legion is anywhere between, it's like, it's an army, right? It's soldiers, it's foot soldiers, and it's, it's an army of like 3,000 to 6,000 men back in the Roman time. Like this, this would have been like 1,000, 3,000, 6,000, like a lot. So it kind of explains that if all of that was living inside of him and controlling him, that kind of explains how he got out of those chains, yeah. the yeah. kind of strength that he had. It was a supernatural strength. It wasn't a strength of his own. He wasn't in control. And uh, these spirits are having a conversation with Jesus. And it said, you know, he says, what's your name? They tell him, and then they say, we're many. And then he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. And a large herd of pigs were feeding on the, hill, uh, on the nearby hillside. And the demons begged Jesus, send, them, send us amongst the pigs. Allow us to go into them. Now pigs, uh, for the Hebrew people, they were unclean to begin with. And these evil spirits are unclean. Um, and the herd of pigs that were on this hillside were about 2,000 in number. And he gave permission, and the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. And the herd, about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank and into the lake and were drowned. So, like, try to imagine that. Like, just see all those pigs going over the cliff. Now, the reaction of the people... Uh, is very interesting. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this to the town and the countryside. And the people, I, I mean, try to imagine them. Were they trying to stop the pigs from running off the side of the cliff? <laughs> Did they have any, were they just standing there like, what, what was that? What just happened, right? Yeah. Like, where are they all going? And just seeing them like leap off the cliff and like go crazy. Yeah. Like the, the pigs basically went insane. And, uh, so the town people, they went running back to report to the town what had happened. And when they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And that was Brittany. <laughs> that was Brittany. That's all right. And so they were afraid. And this, like... This reminded me of the storm again. Mm. Like they were afraid in the storm when there was chaos. Uh, and they, they called on Jesus and they asked him to do something. And he stood up and he calmed the wind and the waves. And it was completely calmed. All he had to do was speak and everything calmed down. And that frightened the living daylights out of them. But they asked him to do something. And their reaction was yeah. shock and fear when he actually did it. How many times do we pray and ask God for something and then he shows up and he does it and he answers us and we know he's answered us and then we're like, oh, that's scary. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like, yeah. uh, we don't know what to do, right? Yeah. And here they, they meet this man, they get off the boat and immediately they're faced with a storm again, but the storm this time is inside a person. 
and he calls it what it is and he calls it out and he sends it into the pigs and they're left again with peace. They're left again with peace and this time the peace is in the man. He's left sitting there dressed. He was naked before. He was in his right mind and this frightened them. It scared them because they had never seen this man in his right mind. Yeah. They'd never known him to be like that. They avoided him at all costs because he was so dangerous and so out of control. And here he was in his right mind. And you think everybody in the town who'd known him his whole life, who had seen him in that state, who knew that they had to go a different way to get around where he was because he was so dangerous, you think that they would be excited. Just like if once the storm stopped, you'd think the disciples would be excited. But they were afraid. They were afraid. They weren't excited. Those who had seen it told the people what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told about the pigs as well. They seemed to be focusing more on the pigs instead of the fact that this man got released from a legion of demons. Uh, and the reason they probably focused more on that was because they were losing money. That was their livelihood. That was where their food was. That was, you know, and here, like, they just lost. It was like all this money just went off the cliff. Like, they just lost all their income. So they're not focusing on the fact that this man got healed. They're focusing on, I just lost a whole bunch of money. Yeah, 2,000 pigs. 2,000, right? 2,000 pigs, 2,000, yeah. Like, that's a lot of money just leaping off the side of a cliff and nosediving into, into the ocean. Uh... So the people's reaction isn't, wow, you freed this man, wow, you're powerful, wow, you did such a miracle in his life. The re reaction of the people is that they begged him to leave the region. They're like, you? Yeah. <laughs> you're scary, and we don't want you here. Yeah. <laughs> we want you to leave. Uh, which is so bizarre to me in some ways, and I was trying to wrap my head around that and thinking, he changed this man so drastically and they could see it they couldn't deny it and they wanted him to leave like why would they want him to leave and then all of a sudden it dawned on me they were comfortable with chaos mm. they knew him like that they knew what he was yeah. they knew how to avoid him yeah. they knew how to deal with him they knew how to condemn him they were comfortable with his chaos. They had gotten so used to him being the guy down by the tombs, they got comfortable with his chaos. And so when peace came, and the man changed, and change came to their region, they weren't comfortable with that change. They weren't comfortable with peace. They didn't want to have anything to do with that. Not only did it cost them with the pigs, but it also changed everything. Peace unnerved them. Peace made them uncomfortable because it was change. Yeah. Now who is this person? They'd have to get to know him all over again. They didn't know what to do with such an undeniable change that had taken place. And I think to myself, what areas in my life am I comfortable with chaos? Mm. Mm. Yep. What area in my heart would I rather walk around the tomb or deal with it or put up with it or 
or try to subdue it or try to give it chains or try to manage it, yeah. but not heal it, not bring it out, not let, allow Jesus to call it what it is in my life and to heal it, but that I would rather live with it in there in torment on the corner of the island of my life than to deal with it because I'm comfortable with chaos. And when I, you know, I just think there's a lot of us who have that. We don't, we would rather live with chaos than change, than accept change. Change that's going to bring peace, change that's going to give us a right mind, change that's going to uh, free people and break chains because we have got this picture of who we are and ourselves and we're so wrapped up in it that if we were released from it, that scares us. Mm. That peace that's available to us, if God really hears me and answer me, answers me, that's scary. That's scary stuff. Because then we're really responsible, aren't we? Responsible for the grace that he's given to us. Responsible for the healing that he's given to us. We have to do something with that. And you know what? I love this about Jesus. Uh, they tell him they want him to leave. They beg him to leave. And Jesus is so respectful. Like if you reject him or you ask him to go away or you say, I need you to back up three steps. He's a gentleman. He's going to back up three steps. He's, gonna, he's, going, he's, he's not going to force himself on you. He wants you to come to him with free will. He wants you to be part of it. You know, he, he invites you into relationship with him. So this whole town is like begging him to leave. And it says in verse 18, Jesus was getting into the boat. So basically, he's like respecting their wishes. He's like, all right, I'll go, right? And the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. And that just totally makes sense to me, right? Like, I want to stay with these people. <laughs> like, you just totally freed me. Like, I am healed. I am in my right mind. I, like, you, like, changed me. And I'm excited about it. And I, I want to go with you. I'm going to do whatever you need me to do. I want, I want to follow you. And uh, Jesus didn't let him go. Uh... He said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. And um, so the man went away and began to tell all of the people in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. And I remember hearing this when I was little and thinking, wow, that was really mean of Jesus. Why didn't he let him go with them? Why did he leave him behind? Yeah. You know, like that's why didn't he take him? Uh I was kind of upset for the man. Like, he got healed and then he got left behind. Um, but I look at it differently now. I think, I think it's like, Jesus is like, I can't, they're not welcoming me. Uh, they don't want me to stay. Yeah. But if you stay, I'm there in you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. The yeah. witness of what I did is in you yeah. so everybody who comes in contact with you goes oh you were the man by the tombs it's a reminder <laughs> you're like he was that man yeah right so what a testimony that is already and he's like a sign yeah he's yeah. a sign to everybody he comes in contact with every normal conversation he has with them every time he enters a room they're like oh you're that guy you know <laughs> and then he can say yeah i'm that guy 
Jesus did this for me. Yeah. And he's a testimony. And that's, you know, he's responsible for what God had done for him, for what, the, you know, he has a testimony. He has a word. And so by Jesus leaving him there, he left the witness of what he had done mm -hmm. in that man's life. And so he didn't leave the people. He respected their wishes and backed off and got back in the boat and left. But he didn't just leave without leaving them the testimony of what he had done. By leaving the man there, he left a testimony so that those people who were hearing this testimony were amazed. Yeah. And we have to believe that that changed them as well. Yeah. And I think sometimes we want instantaneous, mm -hmm. you know, and the whole city was saved kind of thing. Uh, this man experienced instantaneous. Jesus mm -hmm. spoke to him and it was instantaneous. He was healed. He cast the demons out. But the the crowd, the, the people there in that area, in that region, for them it wasn't instantaneous. They needed yeah. a little processing time. Yeah. <laughs> and the Lord left this man as a sign so that they had the time they needed to process what had happened and to accept this man mm. and to, yeah. in accepting him, accept Jesus and what he had done in his life. Um, I just... You know, that's that's what I feel like the Lord has been saying to me through this. And I just I just would leave you with uh, that that one main thought of what area of our life are we comfortable with chaos? Yeah. Uh, where we're trying to contain it, where we're trying to keep it there. And are we willing to allow God to speak to that part of our life? And are we uh, ready for change? Are we ready to accept change? And are we willing to accept peace? Because it's, it's the peace that this man received, the right mind and the right spirit and the peace that he received that was such a powerful testimony to the people that he was left to see. So the peace that we receive in our healing and in dealing with things and giving them to God and allowing God to speak into them that change that we're afraid of, that peace that we can receive that is ours, that's where our testimony lies and our opportunity to, to represent him. Uh, because like that man, we can't go with him where he is now. You know, we're here, and we're here for a reason. And we're left here to be a sign and to be a witness of the miracles of what he has set us, has set us free from. So let's just pray. Lord, I just pray for everybody in this room and anybody that's listening. I just pray that if there's something that you're struggling with, if they're if they're struggling or being or you know feel tormented in the mind or in the spirit, Lord, I just pray that uh, we bind that in the name of Jesus, yes. and we just ask that you set them free. We release things to you, Lord, and give you permission to enter into our hearts and allow your spirit to just fill those places in our hearts and mind. And we ask that you give us a right mind, Lord. We, we pray that you'd give us a right mind, that uh, we would have the mind of Christ. We pray that you would give us wisdom and insight, and that when we read your word, that it would come alive to us, that we might grow in knowledge and depth of insight, that we might be presented blameless before you. Um, we pray, dear Heavenly Father, that in those areas where we're afraid to deal with uh, that 
that place, that place that we avoid, that, that place of comfortable chaos that we'd rather just leave over in the corner. Uh, Lord, we just pray that you would gently uh, approach us and that you would speak into those areas and that you would bring healing. And um, that if you can speak into this man's life, dear Jesus, and he had legions, you know, like, and you were able to heal him and set him free, there's nobody in this world that you can't uh, set free. If they call on you, you can set them free. And so with whoever's listening and for even our own hearts, Lord, we just thank you. And we are believing uh, that today, that the God who was able to free this man and be a testimony in him and give him peace and speak peace into his life is the same God that we are praying to right now and calling upon. Uh, and we thank you, Lord, that you hear us and you answer prayer. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Couch Worship Podcast. Check in next week for another episode, and don't forget to tell us all about what God is doing in your community as well.